friends. Thanks for listening to the Creative Road Podcast presented by Show It. On a recent road trip, the owners Todd and Elisa Watson traveled the United States interviewing successful creatives around the photography industry at each stop along the way. These are the stories of their creative journey and a behind the curtain look at how they constructed the brands we know and love today. Our hope is that you find a seed of inspiration from their stories that helps to cultivate the creativity that exists inside of you. Enjoy. Well, hi, Chad. Thanks for being here yeah. on our RV with us. I know. I'm excited you guys were able to come and stay in the driveway and able to get in the driveway. Right. <laughs> well, we loved it. Thank you for your hospitality. For sure. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your photography business? Yeah. So um, I, I don't think it started by accident, but it definitely started kind of like a, hey, I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> okay. Um, I had done photography since, uh, you know, since high school. Um, with film, and then my, I was doing a sales job um, after college. I had met my wife, and we had started dating kind of seriously. I, I was doing a sales job that was completely commission, so I didn't make any money unless I went to work. And so I did that for about a year. And um, a woman from our church actually said, "Hey, I would I was hoping you could do our family pictures." And I did their family pictures, and then she really adamantly pursued me as to why I wasn't doing this for a living. Um, and because I was like, she liked the result. Yeah, she well, and the pictures were great, and they. You know, one of the things that she said and has been said to me numerous times is like, we've never done family pictures that were so much fun. Hmm. Like, usually family pictures were kind of like everybody argued and fought all day, and then the session itself was just kind of like, hurry up and do this so we can get them done. Um, and I didn't really, quote unquote, like know what I was doing then. I just was doing what I liked, um, and that worked out really well. So I talked to my wife a little bit, and I was like, I'm, I'm doing a sales job anyways, so let's just, I made a deal with my boss, and actually he gave me a camera as a sales incentive for doing so many presentations the next month. Oh, uh-huh. So I don't know if he knew he was buying me out, but <laughs> that's kind of how it happened. Um, that was like 2008. I had been doing, I had done a couple weddings like 2005, 2006. Um, but that's, that's kind of how it started and then has just progressed from there as um, my wife, I, I don't know how much people believe in fate or like, you know, it's destined to happen. I kind of tend to believe you kind of make what happens out of what happens. Mm -hmm. But my wife ended up, we got pregnant for our first kid and her company closed at the same time. And so she got a severance package and was able to stay a little bit, like two months longer than she would have normally. Um, and we just figured that we could make it work and she was able to stay home because of that. And so yeah. it all just, it was this weird kind of let's jump and see. And we've been there. That's now, I've been 10 years. Yeah. So. And so you did that family session, so you knew photography already at yeah. that point. When did you start doing photography? So I actually took a film project in 4-H. I don't know if like people from the East Coast know yeah. what 4-H is, but it's like in farm country. Yeah. 4-H <laughs> yeah, is like hands, heart, health, and um, oh my goodness, what's the last H? Wow. Don't put that part in because <laughs> my 4-H people are going to be sad. But it's like it's, uh, you, you take projects to the fair. So like there are sewing projects and photography projects and animal projects and it's a way for kids to do like summer projects that have some kind of a point. Yeah. Um, and so I took model rocketry one year and I took film photography and the film photography was all these like, it was way back. So it was like make, to make a glowy edge to your photos, you mm -hmm. smear Vaseline around the edge of the lens oh, and wow. like, or put a, a, a stocking over it or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. cut a hole in a piece of paper and put it over it for a vignette and, um, so I took that project when I was probably 10 or 11, and my stepdad had a camera, a cold Canon AE-1, and that was really it. Like, I took photos from then on. Um, 
in college developed hundreds of rolls of film. Partially, I think, because girls thought it was cool that I took mm -hmm. pictures, and so <laughs> like all good things in my life started at some point because somebody thought it was to cool. Impress them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> impress a girl. Yep, impress a girl. Are you still doing film photography? I do from time to time. Yeah, it's it's more of just kind of personal stuff. Um, I have a couple uh, 120 format film cameras that so that knowing what a camera did and like not having digital as my background, I knew how to use a camera, and that made a big difference. I think when I was starting, is I was. You know, I had my first digital camera, and it was like, oh, this just does the same thing that normal cameras do. So yeah. editing then became like a, more of a priority than like developing film. But so, Got it. Yep. So I'd been shooting at that point. That was 2006-ish. I had already been shooting since I was 12. And, uh, yeah. So. so have you always considered yourself to be sort of a traditionally creative person? Uh, yeah. I would say I've always been into arts. Uh, my mom made clothes and like made wedding dresses and she always cooked and baked and painted and that kind of like all kind of arts crafts kind of stuff. Her whole family's like that. My dad um, was always into like motorcycles and he took pictures and he he was one of those people who like um, didn't know him really well like after a certain age but he was always into something new like always he was always like when CDs came out, he had a CD player and was like, these are going to be the next big thing. And when VHS came out, he was like, these are going to be the next big thing. So he was always into like techie creative stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of raised around that environment, singing and music and painting and dancing and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you enjoyed all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I always thought artists were poor though, which is probably why it took me so long to get to the point of doing it as a career. <laughs> well, so th that's my follow-up question to the, have you always been creative is, have when did you know that you maybe had that entrepreneurial spark that you could run a business? Yeah, that is another thing. I, th I was raised in that environment. My dad sold cars, used cars for his living. Um, he sold high-end like Lincolns and uh, town cars and stuff for a while, but he always, he always came back to like, if he needed a job, he went and did something for himself. Um, okay. My mom, for a long time, was a stay-at-home mom, but supplemented with being a seamstress and babysitting. And, and then once our you know, once the kids were out of school, she started cleaning houses and still to this day has a house cleaning business. So um, my stepdad was the same way. He owns his own chiropractic office and has always worked for himself. And so I think from a very, very young age, I always thought like, you don't have to depend on someone else to provide for you. Um, now, at, at certain points, both of my parents had like what you'd consider like more traditional jobs, but they always ended up doing something to supplement or pay for or do something creative on the side to make more money. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it, it just became kind of a natural part of the way I thought the world worked. Right. You know. Well, and a value that you held. Yeah. That you uh, that you if something needs to be done, you make it happen. Yeah, yeah, and that was very much like um, my dad's side's all Italian and came, you know, third generation for him, like immigrants and worked hard and started their own businesses and that kind of thing. And my mom's side is all like from Oklahoma, and they, like my grandma told us stories about like she was fourteen and married because she wanted to get out of an alcoholic home. Well, by the time she was 16, she had two kids and her husband died on, a, on an oil rig. And so she's 16 with like two babies and trying to figure out what to do with her life. And she's basically just said like, I just had to figure it out. And that's, I think that's very bred deeply into like the fabric of our family is yeah. they were farmers and they lived through the great depression. And they, you know, they just always, if you needed to take care of things, you could just, you just worked and took care of them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that was, surrounded by that. It's a good value. 
<clears throat> I want to talk about your brand a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the name. It's mm -hmm. de Blasio Photography, yep. right? Did you consider giving it another name, or did you always know you would give it your name? I can't... Uh... I don't know. Creatives are constantly like, oh, I, I want to change my logo. <laughs> I want to change my business name. Um, I think I, in college, I got my name de Blasio tattooed on my shoulder, um, and I was going through kind of this, what is my life about, and who will I be, and struggling against kind of things that my dad had been that I didn't want to be. and <clears throat> So that idea of making my name mean something that I wanted it to mean, and mm -hmm. having that family like legacy of faith and and stick-to-itiveness and hardworking. Um, when I went to name the, the studio, it was just kind of like, I, I want that to be associated with good things, too. And so I thought about it, but I think when it came down to it, it's <laughs> when you're blessed with like a good last name that sounds kind of cool, like, yes. it, yeah, it's not like 17 syllables and people are like, what's... They always mispronounce it, but it's not butchered. Right. So, yeah, I, it was, I was like, well, I'll just, I want to name it this. Yeah. So. And now, and that's become even more important to me now that, um, like, the longer that I've done it, the more I think, oh, this could eventually, if I make this into a business, business could be something my kids can either do or sell. And so, yeah, I want that name to mean something quality. Right. Right. That's great. <clears throat> can you describe for us the actual look of your brand? What, what are your color schemes? Yeah. Um, even the style of fonts that you've used? So outside of photography, I do a lot of, I like make things, um, and I love wood, and I love old things. Um, that's like, I'm, my heart's just kind of drawn to things that have a story. Um, and so in thinking about like what the brand looks like and what that represents and how people feel about it, I always thought of like Coca-Cola as like, oh yeah, when you think about Coca-Cola, it's like have a Coke with a friend. And like my grandpa grew up at the baseball park and we had Coke and it was like this part of like this warm, fuzzy family feeling that was associated with Coca-Cola. And mm -hmm. so like when I thought about the brand, I wanted to have earthy kind of handmade, um, repurposed kind of vibe, but not like DIY crafty, more like Italian suit made, you know, like artisan that somebody's learned how to do this from their family and been practicing it for the better part of a generation or two. Um, so all of, our, all of our colors and schemes have kind of a muted earth tones, uh, blue and uh, kind of a greenish gray. Um, all my packaging is like a slate gray with white, uh, just a simple white font, um, and then uh, brown, kind of an earthy wood brown is is all through all the things that we do. Yeah. So I, I want people to feel, I always pe want people to feel like comfortable um, and relaxed, but like old leather couch kind of comfortable yeah, and relaxed. Yeah, yeah. You know? So luxury. Relax. Yeah, luxurious, relaxed. Like, I, and that's I think even in thinking of things that I like, like. I think of like an old English office that's just been steeped in like cigar smoke and scotch <laughs> for 50 years. Yeah. Um, that it was like it was not cheap to make, but that's part of the reason it's been around for 50 years. Yeah, it's lasted. Yeah. Cool. And where, so you talked about Coca-Cola mm -hmm. um, being sort of an inspiration for how you wanted yeah. it to feel. Um, where are some places that you've gotten visual inspiration for your brand or that you continue to, or have you had places like yeah, that? Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, Restoration Hardware is always like a, a drool place for me. Um, they have that old money kind of vibe, um, and so I love going through there and looking at how they put things together, and it's really, I think, in their branding has specifically pushed me to simplify because mm -hmm. I tend to get, like, kitschy, you know, like, oh, I need 17 more old cameras in my office. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's really made me kind of, even in that aspect, like 
just keep things clean and simple. And my branding um, is like, like the Tiffany's bag is blue with like a little black label, like yeah. tiny, it's like minor gray with just a tiny white label, kind of like the restoration bags. Um, restoration hardware has always been a big inspiration. Um, I love uh, Dwell Magazine mm -hmm. is, I love architecture and that um, kind of I, almost like Pacific Northwest feel of nature mixed with like some clean mid-century modern lines. Yeah. Um, and so those always, I love looking through architecture magazines and uh, architecture photography. And then probably like Italian Vogue would be my third. I just like that. It's, it's some, there's something classy about it that feels like you could take this picture and put it in any era and it would fit. Yeah. Um, black and whites are definitely a huge like part of that, but just that style that a good suit always looks good, you know, or like a clean line, beautiful dress is not like trendy, but it always looks good. Yeah. Um, so I, those are things that I find myself regularly. Like if I'm not even like looking for inspiration, just things that I like that make me happy. Um, probably those, those three. Yeah. Did you design your logo and website yourself? I did. Yeah. Um, part of being like a, <laughs> a helpless creative is like, you can, it's like, I always, uh, I always just kind of started things and was like, hell, I, I, I started drawing, like drawing was probably my first creative outlet. Um, and I didn't know that I could like could draw. I just started doing things and people were like, oh, that looks like that thing that you're drawing. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom bought me sketch pads and I remember like drawing cartoon characters off the back of like uh, milk curtains or um, cereal boxes or um, drawing the Nike logo because, you know, that's what, <laughs> or the Suzuki logo because yeah. we love motorcycles or, <laughs> you know, the Harley Davidson logo. And I would just like practice. And so like communicating things that I saw with my hands was probably my first expression of creativity and art. Um, and so when I came to do my logo, I, the, my tattoo is actually my, like my, my signature. Okay. Um, and so I think like 10 people have tattoos that I've drawn now that are handwriting. Really? Yeah. So, um, when I was in high school, I did, I had a bunch of study halls my senior year. And so I just wrote, like, I just practiced like writing words. Yeah. And then I practiced writing with my left hand. Um, and so my, I have really good handwriting. So people always ask me. <laughs> Really? It's like a weird, odd talent that I have is like, yeah. And you do so my, different kinds of penmanship? Yep. Yeah. So, really? Yep. So my signature looks a lot like the font that I found. That's called Jane Austen is the font. And I like, it was a little bit too slanted. And so I like straightened it up a little more so that it looks more like my signature, but it's like nice and clean. And Yeah. So, yeah. So my, my logo is as close to my s signature as I could find without like actually just handwriting it because I wanted to be able to write other things with that with, font too. Yeah, to match. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. I love that that font is called Jane Austen too. I'm looking at it and it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it has a it has a handwritten feel without being like again, without being like too like modern or cool looking. It's yeah. just kind of hopefully classy. That's great. Um we are asking our guests a question. Um, Every time you say guest, I think, be our guest. Be our guest. And that's what we're going to ask can't. you is oh. to say. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, one question we've been asking all of our guests has to do with this uh, definition of a brand that came from Seth Godin. And in a nutshell, what he said is that um, a company's brand is a set of expectations and relationships that cause someone to choose you. Mm -hmm. So based on that definition, how do you want people to feel about your brand? 
Well, A, I'm glad that you picked Seth Godin because he's one of my like marketing people that I love to follow. Yeah. Um, he's just super, super simple to understand. Um, and I think talks about things like this in real ways. Like, what is your brand? Well, your brand is, is literally when people think about you, what are all the things that come to their mind? Mm -hmm. What do they think? How do they feel? What do they think about the colors? Like, um, I think along with that idea that I wanted people to feel like comfortable, but also like things are really well done, is that goes across the board for my brand. It's like I want people to know that when they communicate with me, I'm going to get back with them in a timely manner and in response to their questions, not just like some automated email. So I've actually, I, against the culture's idea of how you run a business, don't do automated emails, except for things like payments and things that don't need a personalization, you know? Okay. Um, when people inquire with us, I send them back a general form email that's just like, hey, I just want to make sure that you're contacting us and we can set up a time to talk. Um, but from that point on, all of the things that we interact are specifically for them. Okay. Um, so I want them to know that that excellence and that like fine attention to detail goes through every aspect. Um, if they get a canvas that isn't right or they, they get a piece of art that was ordered incorrectly or damaged or if their album falls off the table and tears or, uh, you know, like I want them to, to have the same expectations of me as a small business that they would have of Apple, that if something breaks, they could return it and they're fine. Or if something goes wrong, the, even if they, I don't quote unquote, like owe it to them, that my best interest is their best interest, you know? So that it kind of, that, um, that feeling of like, this is a really nicely made suit. I want them to have that all the expectations that would go along with that with my brand. Um, yeah. So from the branding to the way that the website's put together to the functionality of the website to the fact that it stays up and that when they email me it works and when they call me it goes to my phone and when they leave me a message I call them back and when they put a, uh, a request in or they make a payment that they get um, you know a reply right away and the, or if there's a payment coming up that they know in plenty of time and they get several reminders and they can pay online and they all the ease of access and like when they get their photographs that like they're going to be delivered in the way that we told them they, and they would even that that they would know how they're going to be delivered mm. that those expectations are set because we've talked about it uh, those are all big deals to me yeah and I didn't even ask you earlier you were talking about getting started in family photography mm -hmm. is that still your emphasis as it's a photographer? about half of what we do is weddings so we do about eight to ten a year and then I second shoot here and there when I have time um, and then the rest of everything else we do is either family photography, um, which includes like weddings, and, or includes like newborns and um, you know first year shoots and those kind of things, um, and then seniors, and then what we just call like celebration shoots. So um, that includes forever sessions or engagement sessions. It includes, uh, we encourage people to just have photos taken of themselves because they haven't in a while, sometimes to celebrate the, the role that the mother plays and just let her have a day. So they get all kinds of other names, um, but yeah, we just I just call them celebration shoots. It's just celebrating your life and the fact that you're alive and that you love your life. Yeah. So that's uh, mom and daughter shoots and dad and son shoots or dad and daughter shoots or um, we've done photos for people getting ready to go to prom. We've done when people got a new car. Like I've done pictures of a, guy, a woman got inducted into her college basketball hall of fame and she was like in her 50s and. We did a photo session with her and her, her husband at her house before she went, and it was just like just stuff like that that yeah. I think that that's what I realized that one of the cool things I really like about this, this business is that we can create moments that are special for people, but they don't always take the time to make special. You know, it's like it's some of them are obvious, you know, babies and seniors and 
um, pregnancy and weddings, yeah. but so much of the rest of our life is not like big time special things, but they're so special. You it's know, so worth talking Yeah. About. Well, and I think it's the things that make, actually make people really happy is watching their kids take a nap, mm. you know, or like what you guys are doing, like traveling around the country is like, normally we associate like professional photography with like professional things, you yeah. know, it's like, but why wouldn't, why wouldn't it be just important to take photos of you guys at the, at the dam, you know, the first time your kids ever went or your, that summer you took and then put those things up in your home are probably going to be as meaningful to you as you think about not just that event, but like what that meant for your family and that time that you guys had together um, as, as having a new child or as someone graduating from high school. Yeah. So, yeah, so those things, it's like, I think when I was thinking about building a business, I wasn't thinking about those things specifically. Um, but then the more that I've done this with people and realized like the things that make their lives their lives and important to them, those are the things that kept coming up. Yeah. So, yeah. That's beautiful. So I it like is family photos, but not like, hey, we need to take family pictures. Right, yeah. right. Not, not just always. portrait right. photos. Right, right. I love that. And where are some places that you look for creative inspiration? Or do you have podcasts you love or authors you like to listen to? You said you like Seth Godin. Yeah, um, a little bit of everywhere. I'm, I, I'm what I assume a lot of creatives are kind of like, oh, blah, blah, blah. this week I'm interested in this, and next mm -hmm. week I'm interested in this. Um, I listen to podcasts three or four days a week, um, and for me, those range from health and fitness things. I really love uh, working out and like pursuing my body, my body's abilities, because what I've found is there's such a connection with that and how much dedication I put into my business and the relationships I have with my family is realizing and breaking through some of those um, just mental strongholds that I have um, came for me through working out. Um, and so I listened to a, a guy named Brian Kite, or actually their Focus Focus 3 is the name of their podcast. But they coach coaches. A lot of what they do is like coach. They, they work with the Ohio State football program, and they teach culture and community and discipline in the athletic stance and how that kind of pervades through all the different areas of their life. Um, so I, just for my like mental toughness, brain, not matter how you feel about this, just kind of get it done stuff, I listen to their podcast a lot. Um, I listen to a couple comedy podcasts uh, just here and there when I have time. I love um, <laughs> the content, sometimes sketchy, but Joe Rogan, I think, has some of the most interesting guests. He just interviewed Elon Musk in like two and a half hour interview really? about just everything under the sun and tunnels and um, fire flamethrowers and, and space travel. It's just, anyways, that that's like my brain stretching. Uh -huh. um, Creative-wise, uh, I, I listen to Jenna Kutcher here and there quite a bit, partially just because I like her yeah. and I know her, so yeah. I like listening to her. Um, she's got great advice about business. Yeah. Um, uh, who else do I listen to? Oh, I love movies. I love movies. Like, I grew up watching probably three or four movies every week, um, and so I find a lot of inspiration from, and even not just, like, um, storyline inspiration, but, like, lighting and visual. scene setting and visual inspiration yeah. uh, love movies and, and like good tv shows yeah but i don't i don't watch them that often i usually listen to them while my kids are watching in the back and i'm driving uh -huh. um, and so that paints a different picture for my brain and things stretches in me in a different way and it's kind of like listening to an audiobook you know it's like listening to the movie mm -hmm. and how they set the scene and how the music goes along with it and so um and then music is like a huge part of my life playing and singing and listening and finding new music, so. Yeah. But. So a lot of your creative outlets and creative inspiration aren't necessarily 
exactly tied into your business, and yet, like you said, it's stretching your brain. Like yeah. All of those things you're doing are stretching you create in your creativity. I think what I've realized the older I've gotten is that everything's connected. Like yeah. everything is so connected that it's it's almost like you don't really have any disconnect, you mm -hmm. know. And mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily follow much photography stuff. Um, and I feel like a little bit of an outlier in that area that people are like, oh, who's your favorite photographer? I'm like, uh, Andy Leibovitz. <laughs> um, like, I don't know a whole lot of popular photographers, unless I'm friends with them. Yeah. Then I know all about them. Right. <laughs> but, but the things I know about them is like, I know who their kids are and like where they like to vacation and what they were doing last week. Not, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't have any idea what your work looks like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, creatively, I don't follow much photography stuff. I think the stuff that I do follow photography, because I've done photography so long, it's not like I know everything, but I'm not really, like, looking to learn, like, new techniques, you know. There's fun things that I'm learning to practice, and I'm always working on lighting, um, but I've been doing it for 15-plus years now, so it's not as much, like, I don't need to learn about ISO or F-stop. There's nothing new, you know. It's the basic science doesn't change. Yeah, sure. So I'm looking for, you know, creative inspiration with things that people have, have, where people have gone or what's made them excited about. And like I said, with the business has changed so much from like taking good pictures to like really digging into people's lives and what makes them excited about being alive. Um, that's, that's a totally different aspect and that has a lot more to do with like psychology and um, finding, you know, why do they do their job? Like, what do they do? And why do they love it? And, or where are the times that they spend with their kids that make them most happy? Or what have their families done that have made them proud? Or, you know what I mean? Those, those don't have anything to do with photography, traditional photography. Right. So it's like, I, like movies and music and um, even going to church, like the stuff we talk about at church and the things that they're involved with, with the foster care ministry and the, the homeless ministry and just, I don't know, life. What, yeah. what makes you excited about being alive? Yeah. So that's, that's really it. That's great. I love it. Well, I've loved having this conversation with you. Yeah. Thank you for making the time to join us I'm on excited our RV. You guys get to stay. I wish you could stay a couple more days. Right. <laughs> well, me too. Every place we go, there's so yep. much to see, but we just keep hitting the road. Traveling on. <laughs> yep. More to see. Yep. Well, well thank you, Chad. Thank you guys for coming. Glad we could do it. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Creative Road podcast presented by Show It. If you've ever felt stuck when designing your website, ShowIt is a drag and drop web builder that gives you the creative freedom to design a site the way you dream it. Start your free 14-day trial today at showit.co.